Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. I would encourage you to sign up for a paid subscription with the season starting. We are recording this on Tuesday morning. Tomorrow night is the Blazers season opener in LA against the Clippers. I will be in LA for the game. And then we will, you know, get started on the season and you know it's going to be real interesting to see how the season unfolds a podcast as always we are part of the odyssey family you can get us on the odyssey app as well as apple spotify all the usual audio platforms subscribe rate review do all that sign up for the youtube also help us grow that channel uh youtube.com slash rose garden report uh you can go do that this is a continuation of a tradition that we started last year with friend of the program frequent guest eric gunderson we each gave five predictions for the blazers this season we don't know each other's predictions ahead of time so we were finding them out in real time some of them lined up some of them did not but i you know it's it's always you know fun to do that we're gonna um revisit them in april and see how we did maybe we'll do a little bit better than last year where a lot of them were not great but that's what today is, so let's get to that now. All right, we're here. It is Tuesday morning, opening day of the NBA season. Blazers season starts tomorrow. I'm flying to L.A. later today for the season opener. Eric, we did this last year. We I wanted us to each do five predictions for the season. And I didn't tell you what mine are. You haven't told me what yours are. I don't know what yours are going to be. It's going to, we're going to find out each other's predictions in real time. And then what we're going to do is just like we did last year, after the season, we're going to get back on and revisit it and see how right or wrong we were. Probably wrong. We were, but we were both pretty off last year, considering we both thought they were going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that, that could not have gone as as any you know it was very opposite what actually happened they ended up being the third pick in the draft i think i think one of us had like a gary payton the second is gonna be like the x factor turned out well he was but he was the x factor (laughs) (laughs) he ruined the season that's that's what the x factor was so i think the stakes are a little bit lower this time around because i think we both like i don't know if i'm spoiling anybody's picks i didn't even bother putting this as the picks but i think you know, the, the, I didn't bother even putting this as one of my predictions because it's so obvious, but they're, depending on which, for those of you who partake in the, the betting arts, which you do and I do not, their over-under at most books is like somewhere between 27 and 29. Is it pretty safe to just chalk the under up as a, as a lock? Yeah, I, I see, I, I could see a world where they hit the under and still are, or hit the over and they're still in the lottery. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, tw- well, they're going to be in the lottery. They're going to be not, in the lottery. That, that's like, like that's, that's not- so, so I guess that's one thing that we both, I mean, I, I put that down. I don't know if okay. that, should I, should I add a you different just, prediction? You want to, I mean, you do whatever you want. You want to just get started? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to be bad. They're going to be in the lottery. They're not going to yeah. win a lot of games. That's, mm-hmm. that's number one prediction for me is they're going to be, we're going to be wait, counting ping pong balls again during the conference finals. And uh, you know, everyone's going to get real deep on Alex Sar and uh, Ron Holland and, uh, you know, th- those guys that kind of play, you know, they're, they're younger, but they play a position that you think, you know, would fit well with Shaden and, 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 and uh, Scoot, excuse me, and Ant. So, yeah, they're going to be in the lottery. They're not going to be a good team. Nothing about the Chauncey Billups era and the Joe Cronin era has shown us that they are going to try to win games in the second half of the year. Like they they've shown one thing on the court and that is tanking. And I don't think that this year is going to be any different. So, yeah. Well, so as far as like not trying to win games in the second half of the year, I don't think, and this is not one of my official predictions, but I agree with you. I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be a, bottom five team record wise in the league but 
I don't think they're going to do what they did the last two years of the season where they're shutting down all of the rotation players and playing, like picking up G leaguers to play and making up injuries for all their guys. I think they're going to be able to organically lose enough games playing their actual guys to, to lose the amount of games they need to lose to get the kind of lottery pick they need to get. That's the, 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 they're the new Houston or the new San Antonio from last year where it's like yeah, those te- those teams they played a lot of guys. I mean they like Spurs made up some injuries for Devin Vassell, but like and and then the Pistons were just awful because Cade was injured, but yeah. like yeah, no, I think they, they being a young team and I think I know that they have a little bit of a similar makeup to Utah last year. Like, I, I see that comparison. I get why people are doing it. You know, they've got a lot of guys that are M- NBA caliber players. They've got Jeremy. They've got Brogdon. They've got Robert Williams. They've got Aiton. They've got Simons. Like, they've got a lot of guys who are have shown that they can contribute at a high level. But I think the I think still the backcourt fit is going to be a little weird yeah. um, with Ant and Scoot. I don't love that. And... I just I think right there I think they're already starting off with something that's just not optimal, right? Like they're starting off with putting Scoot off the ball, and I get that he's like taking a back seat because you know that's the pecking order, and Ant is the vet. But at every level of Scoot's career, he's always had the ball in his hand and has been the leader. And I feel like whether you want to say it's for his development to work off the ball, whatever, like you can say that, but like I don't really feel like that's good for his development because ultimately if he's going to be at, you know, the level everyone thinks he's going to be on this team, he's going to have to have the ball in his hands. And I just don't think that like, they're already not starting off from an optimal place. So I just think that like, it's, it's not going to be like Utah at all. um, In my opinion. So I actually, this dovetails with my first official prediction for our little exercise. I think they're going to start off the season like five and three or something like that and lead to a lot of like analysis that's like oh you know is this the new utah or or is this the new indiana from last year are these guys actually better than expected could they be a playoff team or play-in team and then it's gonna fall off pretty hard like around thanksgiving you know what i i think this this is great into my next prediction because i had I, i have this one number two okay to that end I think the Blazers are going to be in the mix, and I honestly do think that the in-season tournament is going to be a big deal for them, and I think it's going to be one of the things that at the end of the season, the front office and Chauncey will be like, hey, look, we won that we were in the in-season tournament. We were competitive in the in-season tournament. I think they're going to go hard for that. It's happening. All that stuff happens before the December 15th trade window opens. Mm-hmm. So they will have their full team. They can't trade Jeremy. They can't trade other guys that they signed in the offseason. So I think they're actually going to go hard for the in-season tournament. And I think that they should also because they're going to be bad. Like you said, they're going to be probably really bad. But if they surprise some people with their youth, their energy, these older teams that they're in the mix with won't give a shit about the in-season tournament. I think they're in a position to do that. And so I think the in-season tournament is going to be a big deal. And I think, honestly, it will be good for the team to have something that, you know, is, you know, playing for something because this is going to be the only thing that they're going to play for this year. So have you seen what their group is for the in-season tournament? It's like Denver and Phoenix and the Lakers, right? It is. So there's so there's four other teams in their group. Phoenix is one. That's going to be tough. They're going to not try. There's no way they're going to try. They're already benching Beal tonight. Like, I don't think they're going to care. Okay. That's my take on that. Do you feel that way about the Lakers also? I do. I, I, you, don't I don't th- th- you don't think Adam Silver is leaning on LeBron to be really excited about the in-season tournament for marketing purposes? Yeah, and LeBron's going to be like, Adam, I don't care. Like, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron only cares about the Lakers and LeBron and winning championships. Like, I, like, I couldn't – and – they're not going to risk Anthony Davis getting injured in an in-season tournament that costs LeBron another legacy chance. Like, come on. Like, the Lakers are not going to take that seriously. You don't think that, you know, you, LeBron can say, well, you know, Jordan never won the in-season tournament. I'm actually the GOAT because I won the <laughs> in-season tournament. You know, that's, 
if he wins in-season tournament MVP, that's something he has over Jordan. That's something he has over Kareem. That's something he has over Magic. None of them have an in-season tournament championship or MVP. That's just facts. This is true. Uh, Memphis is in their group, and they're not going to have Jaw back, and they're not going to have... And obviously, we just saw yesterday that Steven Adams is out for the season, so that's... Things are bad in Memphis. And then Utah, I think, is another team that's in Portland's tier. of Like, it's a young team. They're not a contender, but they're... You know, they have guys, like... I can see, like, Markkanen having a big in-season tournament or, like, Walker Kessler. Yes. Personally, I would love it if you were right because I want to go to the in-season tournament finals in Vegas, primarily because one of those U2 shows at the Sphere is happening on the off night between the semifinals and the finals, and I really want to see that show. So I would love it. Pers- like, like Cha- Chauncey, I don't think Chauncey listens to this podcast, but Chauncey, if you're listening to this, I want to see the, U- the sphere. I want to see the U2 show. Please go hard for the in-season tournament so I can go. Get Sean to the sphere challenge. With, <laughs> it's an it, it effect. It's get to effect. the get to the get to the in-season tournament finals, Blazers. Like again, Utah, I think is the only team that might have an incentive to try and do that. Everyone else in their group, I think, either is not going to try or is beatable. In the case of Memphis, like like, and so. Yeah, I, I think the in-season tournament could be a, a, a big thing for the Blazers. And I think, you know, of anything to look forward to, if you're a Blazer fan of, like, them winning anything this year, like, it's going to be those games, in my opinion. So, I have so my next prediction. I think that their defense, and this is exactly one of my predictions last year, and it obviously did not work out last year. But I think personnel-wise, that has a chance to work out this year. I think their defense will be bottom 10, not bottom 5. I have a less ambitious prediction. I just said they'll be better on defense than okay. last year. They were like, uh, they were like so they were 28th or 27th. Yeah. So I'm shooting for them to just get out of the bottom 5. So, I, I mean, it's very similar predictions. Yeah. Like, But their youth, I think their athleticism uh, – I, I just did a podcast the other day with uh, the guys from Just Basketball and Brendan Clean. One of the guys is a Suns fan, uh-huh. and he was telling. And I was asking him about Aiton, and Aiton is very athletic and very mobile, and that is the exact opposite of Nurkic. And they will be able to deploy. I mean, they did a lot of stuff with like blitzing pick and rolls and switching with Nurkic that they shouldn't be doing, and. I think they actually have the personnel to do some of those things that Roy Rogers likes to do on the defensive end as the defensive coordinator on the, you know, you see him, he's always flashing, you know, hand signs for whatever coverage they're working on. And so, or whatever coverage he wants them to execute. And so I think having the personnel to be able to do different defensive things will ultimately lead to them having a better defensive performance in 2023, 24. So, I mean, they have, you know, Robert Williams, obviously, on that end, if he can stay on the floor. And I know it's, like, it's concerning that he didn't play in the preseason after banging knees. He told us yesterday at practice that he's good to go, and they were just holding him out to be cautious, and he wanted to play, and Chauncey said he's good to go. So, I think, as of right now, he's good to go. I haven't heard that he's not for the opener. They're going to have a full season of Matisse Thibel, who obviously is huge on that end. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has been a good defender at points in his career Jeremy Grant's a good like they have guys on that end yes they they have guys who can defend and the backcourt uh, size is is well you know you talked about how it was already not optimal they were a bad defensive backcourt with Damon CJ they were a bad defensive backcourt with Damon Ant they're gonna continue to probably be a bad defensive backcourt with Ant and Scoot they you know Ant has talked about how like he wants to you know, shed the label of being a bad defender. And, like, guys are talking about how since since Scoot is so athletic, like, he, he can actually be a good defender and he has the skills to, to do that. Like, maybe long-term he can be a good defender, but this year I think the backcourt is going to be an issue on that end. But outside of their guards, they have the personnel, I think, to be better defensively. And when I say better defensively, that's why I said bottom 10, not bottom 5. I'm not trying to get too ambitious here. Yeah, yeah, um... I, I think those are all very good points. I think also too, I know a lot of fans want to put Shaden in Matisse's spot. And I do think Shaden is a better defender than a lot of people might, ex- might expect when, you know, if you see his highlights and the high flying dunks and all the offensive stuff, but I do think he really does take pride in guarding his man, but 
he's also about like he's listed at six six. I think he's more like a tall six five. Like like and, and so six, I think four and a half is his official. There was this uh there was so there was this running joke last year that um Nasir Little was always complaining about how he was listed at six five and he's actually six six. And he would always be like asking us, like when we were in the locker room, he'd be like, Hey man, how how tall do you think I look? And then he was just like trying to, you know, it was like it was like a I think he even like tweeted about how he was gonna like have me and Casey do like a official investigation into how tall he is. But one time Shaden was like walking through and he was like, Hey Shay, how tall are you? And Shaden's like, six four and a half, because he didn't know yet. Again, he was a kid, he's a rookie, he didn't know how to uh how to lie about it. He his doesn't height. know that you're supposed to give yourself the extra half inch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and no, and I think, yeah, like, but I think ultimately his natural position will also be the two. And if there's going to be lineups where he's playing the three again, that's a, a, like another suboptimal size situation. So yeah, I, I think they're, and they're just going to be playing a lot of guys out of like what probably their, whatever their natural position is going to be, you know, for the rest of their careers because of like how weird their roster is. And as far as the Shea not starting thing, I get it why like fans are mad about it. But a you need to have some defense in the starting lineup to make up for the Scoot and backcourt. So I think Matisse makes more sense there. And also, I think it's gonna be better for Shea's development to be just being the guy on offense in the second unit, playing with Brogdon, who's gonna get him good looks and. You know, he's not he's not going to be fighting with and and with Scoot and with Jeremy and with Aiton for shots. I think it's going to be better for him as far as developing as an offensive player in order if, if he at least in the short term, I think long term, obviously, they view him as a starter. But I think in the short term, it's going to be better for him and he's going to have more of an opportunity to be featured playing with the second unit than he is being like fourth on the pecking order in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, Aiton's going to want to get some more looks this year and get mm-hmm. get to try some different things offensively that he didn't really have the freedom to do in Phoenix. And Jeremy's got to get his touches on the, you know, at, at that that free throw line extended or in the post. And, and I just think that, yeah, like, I think those things are all going to kind of make it it would make it harder for Shaden to really stand out. So I do I do think that that's the right call ultimately, especially with with Brogdon. As long as you've got him on the team, mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, I I think that we all want to see Scoot and Shea play together. I think that's I think that's a a group and a pairing that I think a lot of people want to see, but I you still have to figure out how to get through this season and you do have a lot of guys that are veterans that that need some minutes. And then I think Chauncey's also going to want to try to play them too, just because, you know, they didn't have a lot of these, you know, maybe veteran players right. as role players the last couple of years. So I, I think they're going to just want to try to implement that more, even though I just want to see Scoot and Shea play together, but you know, that's not reality. That's we're not playing 2k. Well, I think they are going to get a lot of chances to play together because I think Scoot, because Scoot is 19 and healthy, I think Scoot is going to play a lot of minutes. Like, I don't think they're really, I mean, you saw it in the preseason. There were times when, you know, Scoot played, Scoot started that game that they, the last game against Phoenix where all the veterans sat and those first couple of preseason games where the starters only played the first half and then Chauncey put Scoot back out there and we asked him about, playing scoot and shade and when he was playing most of the end of bench guys and he was like those guys are 19 and 20 they need to get the reps out there so i think you know even if they you know down the line if they shut guys down or if they trade whoever they trade at the deadline and start you know tanking scoot is going to be out there a lot because scoot needs to be out there a lot so there's going to be a lot of scoot shay minutes together even if they're not starting together cool I, I I think that's great. I do. Should I go to my next one? Sure. Yeah. I know this is not going to be a popular one okay. with many members of of the audience, but okay. I think Jeremy Grant's going to get traded. I don't. But okay. Okay. All right. That's that's my. This is why we no, have different sure. lists. This is why we have different lists. Yeah. I just I just think the the Utah parallels, uh, you know, are are very like this is where the Utah parallels show up for me is. Robert Williams, Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, maybe even Ant. I don't like like I I just could see a sale happening. And in a season where, you know, 
Denver is the defending champion, but I don't think anyone thinks that they're like untouchable. Right. In um and the, so there's a lot of teams, and I think more teams than usual, and I think this is just a byproduct of the league now, that think they could have a chance to win the championship. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, Portland is in a really advantageous situation to sell high on a lot of guys. And I just think that while you know, Jeremy Grant has talked about wanting to be here and they signed him for a five-year deal to keep him, you know, is what they said. I I just think that a lot of, they've said a lot of things and then did the opposite, this team and this front office and this coaching staff and everything. Like I, I just look at this team, their future is in their youth. I think Jeremy's a great player or can really help a team that wants to win a championship. And I think that he could be, you know, I'm looking at a team like Dallas. They don't have a lot to trade, but they might convince themselves, hey, we could use a Jeremy Grant to get us over the hump. And I, I, I think that is a potential team, and, and I just think that Jeremy ultimately gets moved. And I think also Time Lord and Brogdon both are also going to be moved because ultimately Utah was a great story. They were in the play-in, but at the deadline, they were sellers because the Lakers wanted to win. And I think that other teams are going to have other things, you know, they're going to look for stuff. I think Memphis is another team that could come calling for something that Portland has, whether it's Time Lord or Jeremy or something, because they're in a window now where their guys are getting paid and they don't have, you know, forever to just let it happen. And so I I think they're going to sell high on a lot of guys. And I think Jeremy is at the top of the list. I would say Brogdon is the most likely of their guys to get moved. I don't have this as one of my official predictions. I kind of try to stay away from trade stuff because I want to see them actually play first. What I will say is that one of the things that I think the whole organization realized last year was that even if you have such a young team, you have to have at least a couple of veterans. And they that's important. You can't go all young guys. And so I think I mean, I think I think Brogdon just because of his contract, because coming up after this season, he's going to go into the last year of his deal, and you know he's probably going to want to be on a contender. And there's going to be a team like the Clippers, like you mentioned, or you know the Jazz or somebody that will convince themselves that they should give up a first round pick for Brogdon and they can get something for that. I think that's the most likely. Jeremy, I think, is going to it's going to be completely up to him whether he. Okay. Is because you know he signed that five year deal, just had a kid. I don't think he wants to move in the middle of the season. I think they feel like he can be around as long as he wants to be around. Like if he goes to them and says, "Look, I want to go to a contender," I think they would, you know, do what they can to accommodate that. But I don't think they're like I don't think any of these guys are untouchable. I think the only two guys that are completely not on the table as far as trading are Scoot and Shaden. But I think that I don't think they're actively looking to trade these guys as of right now. I obviously could change at the deadline, but I think if you're asking me to handicap which of the quote unquote veterans is the most likely to get moved, I think it's Brogdon and not Jeremy. For sure. But I think that's why I kind of phrase it as an opportunity to sell high, right? Sure. Like, 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 like if someone blows them away with a deal for Jeremy Grant and they're like, well, we kind of have to do this, you know, which I, I, I think is possible given the state of the league that someone might. And also if an injury happens, that makes it even more likely. So I just, I, I I just, I think that that's probably in their minds, especially given like what we just saw this summer, like, like with how they traded, how they handled the Dame trade. I think they're going to try and like find the most value for these guys before it's too late. And I just think that, and I think that, if that opportunity presents itself with Jeremy, I would not be surprised if he's not on the team by, you know, the end of February. Sure. I mean, I think it's possible. I, I wouldn't predict it, but I think it's not outside the realm of possibility. So I, my last two, I, so my, my last two predictions, actually, actually I have three more. So I'll go, I'll go with this one first. I think that they are going to be for the first time since the 2013, 14 season, Dame's second year. They are going to be top ten in the league in pace. I have I I went a little bit. We we did opposites on this one for the defense. You had a, a number. Uh, I you went lower. I don't, I'm going. I'm saying top five in pace. Oh wow. Okay. 
I'm saying top dude. I mean, Scoot. Scoot can scoot. Like, yeah, like, yeah. L- 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 like, and he's like, fast. I, that's you ask anybody about him at training camp. That's all they said is he's fast. Yeah, they've got yeah, athletic and, bigs now. This is the most. Meringue was talking about this a couple weeks ago. This is the most athletic team they've had since like the mid '90s. Yeah, I wrote about it on Blazer Banter. Like the first week of training camp, like the makeup of this roster is a team that can run and we i mean you and i and and meringue we're all of the age like where we were really too young to experience those jerome kersey clifford robinson clyde drexler fast breaking right teams that were really like that was the hallmark of their team and i think even dating back to the 70s you know with bill walton like that was the fast break was their signature and so i think just for that, like I'm, I'm very excited for that. And I think that's going to get a lot of people excited about the team in general is just the style of play that they'll play with. And so I, I think top five in paces for sure uh, in the realm of possibility, if Scoot is the one pushing it, if they're getting rebounds, I mean, obviously I think the biggest obstacle in their way to being a top five team in pace is getting defensive stops and pushing the ball. Yeah. But I, I, I think, that they will try to generate as many possessions per game as they possibly can. And um, it's been a long time since we've had a Blazer team that does that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I also agree with you. How many of your predictions have you done? Cause I've got two more. I think I've done all of mine. You have, you've done all five. I did. Well, cause I had the lottery as a real prediction. Uh-huh. Should I, should I come up with another one while you read one of yours off? Uh, sure. Cause I okay. have two more. Okay. This one is just kind of a low stakes one. After the pump fake that he pulled last year where he said he was going to do it and then decided not to, Shaden Sharp is going to do the dunk contest and he's going to win it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's I like that one. I like I like that one a lot. Man, this is... He would have wanted if he had done it last year. Like. Yeah, dude. I mean, Mac McClung doesn't have anything on what Shaden can do. <laughs> what Shaden does in warm-ups is like, is like dunk contest worthy. Yeah. And people would <laughs> like, lose their minds. And um, and I think last year, like his his official reason, I haven't really... I, I, I will admit I didn't really do a lot of digging into that if there was like an actual reason why he didn't do it. But he said it was because he wanted to focus on the season as opposed to... But it's like... At this point, like, he's established. People know that he's, like, an up-and-coming prospect. I think the league would probably like it if he did it. I mm-hmm. I, I think, I think we're going to yeah. – I think a year or two late, we're going to get the Shaden Sharp dunk contest performance. I sadly okay. will not be in Indy this year. I decided I'm not going to All-Star just because I'm only basically going to have Scoot in Rising Stars and Shaden if he does this. I'm not going to have anybody in the All-Star game, and there are no direct flights to Indy, so I'm not going this year, but – I think in February we will be watching Shaden Sharp win the dunk contest on TV. Scoot also has already done the Rising Stars. Yeah, he did. He did it as that's a G-Liger. right. They did that they, weird format. With, they did that like, weird format where it was like four teams, and they had the G League Ignite in it. And so Scoot's already I didn't even bit. go last year because Shay wasn't invited to it. That's smart. So, um, which I can't believe he wasn't invited to the eh, Rising Stars. But whatever. Whatever. Um, that's, I guess that that stuff is all fake. I think. I think that was. I think that was. It's lost a lot of juice. I also think it used him to be not really getting, tight. I also think him not getting invited to Rising Stars was a little bit of a punishment for pulling out of the dunk contest. Oh, but I don't know. I I don't know. I don't. I I went to the All Star Weekend in Salt Lake City last year. I the only day of actual like events that I went to was the Saturday night because Dame was in the three point competition. I was at I was physically in the arena for the All-Star game, but our seats were behind the like giant stage where they have like the post Malone performance and like the big intro, so I didn't even really get to watch the game. So I didn't even really like watch the All-Star game at all, and it seems like it's it was such a disaster that they're already talking about like changing the format back to East West to try to get people to care about it, but that's a whole other conversation. But I don't think the Blazers will be prominently factoring into the all-star festivities in Indianapolis this year. But I do think that shade and sharp is going to do the dunk contest when he should have done it last year. Okay. I, I just added another prediction. Okay. It's going to be Jabari Walker season. Okay. 
That's I a think little it, bit opposite of one of my the, my last one that I have, but sure, go for it. I, I think I think Jabari Walker is going to get a lot of PT. I think he's going to make some plays. I love the way he plays. I I love how he his basketball IQ. I love the way he rebounds. I I I think they're going to have to find some minutes for him. And I think I and I I just want to see that. But obviously, I, I think there's a lot of preseason buzz about a guy that plays his position, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I'm taking that's my that's my take is just because like I've seen more Jabari Walker I haven't watched any preseason Tamani Kamara so they like Jabari a lot I think Jabari is going to start the season as the backup four and he's you know he's had a good preseason he's had a good camp they like him he's seniority this is my most ambitious prediction I'm saving the most ambitious one for last Tumani Kamara second team all rookie whoa he's in the prestige zone because he was the Suns uh second round pick He's already okay. getting them. Like, you're starting to see there is some buzz from, like, like, I saw, like, a bunch of different, like, some of those, like, like drafty analysts. Like, I saw, like, I think, like, Jonathan Gavoni had, like, a thread about him during one of those preseason games. Like, Sam Vecini, I think, is, like, tweets. So, like, all the, like, all, like, the cool, smart, you know, The draft, draft intelligentsia. Game. The draft intelligentsia on Twitter has been talking about, like, oh, look out, Tumani Kamara might be the steal of, of the Damian Lillard trade. Like, we're starting to see that. I know Chauncey really likes him. Like, he's talked about how he's had a good camp. He's going to get a chance to get some minutes. I think between him getting minutes on a rebuilding team and there already being like a pre, you know, conceived, you know, positive views of him from, uh, plus, you know, there's always like, it's always like older college guys that kind of get some of those second team all rookie spots that are like, you know, mature and are able, like, like Julian yeah. Strother in uh, Denver is getting a lot of buzz right now. And people are talking about like what a steal that was. I think he's also going to be in the second team, all rookie conversation because, you know, those older college guys that can play right away are good. Like Shaden Sharp was not on either of the all rookie teams last year. Yeah. And a lot no, of the like, more high upside guys usually don't because they take longer to develop. You're, I think Kamara kind of fits the profile of, an older college guy that's more polished when he comes in, who's going to actually put up good numbers and have, you know, play good minutes, even if maybe his upside long-term isn't, you know, the same as like one of the Thompson twins or something. Yeah. Like he doesn't fit that. Like, Oh my God, he's going to be a superstar. And he's projecting him as like, you know, a top 10 player or something when, but he has, it's like a, you know, a lot thing, basically. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's got a lot of experience. A lot of people rave about his basketball IQ. I also love that he, you know, I think uh, the fact that he is a European player also probably plays a factor. You know, everyone loves their skill and fundamental development in Europe uh, and, and raves about it. And you merge that with playing uh, high-level college basketball, I think. And, and, you know, he played for Dayton, which Dayton's produced some NBA players yeah. lately. You know what Only I mean? Top, like they've yeah. – yeah, Obi Toppin, his brother. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I, so I think, yeah, they, the, the Atlantic 10 is not, you know, just because they're small schools, it's not like a bad conference to be a, a player from. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I want to see Kamara play, but I also, you know, I, I Jabari Walker was, was you know, a revelation a couple of years ago in the summer league, and I, I would love to see him get extended minutes. And, uh, you know, that I think also might give them impetus to potentially trade Jeremy. Obviously, you know, the, 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 but having two guys now that play his position, I think that adds a little bit more to the, the, the Jeremy gets traded prediction for me. If those guys are actually that good, then they have more incentive to do that. Possibly. Yeah. So that's it for our predictions. Do you have any kind of more general thoughts about the season, what you're watching, what you're expecting? Whether it's Blazer stuff or just general NBA stuff, like what, like what are your, you know, what are you looking at? Well, you know, I, I want to see. I hope that the Blazers, and I know Chauncey's been trying to do it, and it was kind of hard with Dame and Dame's established style. I just, I want to know like what his vision. I want to see, uh, like the Blazers execute a style of play, like whatever it is. Like if they're gonna push the pace, push the pace. If they're gonna be a physical team, be a physical team. If they're, you know, like I just want them to have an identity that they can try to build around. I think that is the, they've been searching for that. They haven't had it. And 
I would like to see and and maybe like some level of averageness on one side of the ball or the other, preferably on the defensive end. With oh, you know, I I think is their most likely chance, but like to be, get close to average, just because they have the bigs and they have the the guys that are going to play the style that Chauncey and Roy Rogers want. Um, so just hopefully they, that they have an identity and established style of play that like when you tune into a Blazer game, like you know you're going to get them pushing the pace and it's not all just like contingent on whether they're making shots or not. Right. Like, I just want to see them. I want to see them have a style of play that doesn't just can, that doesn't just hinge on, on just making shots. Cause I feel like the last couple of years, that's like their watchability has gone with their shots going in. Right. And it's and like, if Dame's out, then it's like, there's nothing to. Yeah. If Dame's out, there's like really nothing to hang your hat on. I mean, I mean, Ant had some games there, you know, where he had like, you know, him and Jeremy had a couple games at the start of the season, but that, you know, just the step back. ISO like three, like I want to see more than that. Like I want to see this team count on something that isn't just like step back, get a switch and try to hit a three. And that's all you got. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I want to see, and I would like to see a little bit more sophistication on the offensive end, you know, like a little bit more creativity on that end that isn't just like trying to, you know, win matchups. And I think, I think not having Dame, because Dame, obviously, you're going to have to run a certain percentage of your plays for him. I think that can open up the ability to do that, but I want to see it. And then in general, I mean, I mean, do you want to respond to that before I get to some general yeah, NBA I stuff? I mean, I think I think this is I agree with what you said. I think they want there to be a style established and I as I wrote on media day, this is kind of prove it time for Chauncey like because at this point, you look at the roster, the only player on the roster that A ever played for Terry Stotts or B that Neil Olshay had anything to do with getting is Anthony Simons. Everybody else on the team is guys that were handpicked by Joe Cronin specifically for Chauncey Billups. So if they can't establish the style that they want to establish and build that identity, then that's kind of who it's on. Yeah, like Oklahoma City has had a style of play for a couple of years. Since like they, they space they, they, yeah. Since they hired Dagnall. They have they space it out. They play. They have played five out. Like they're still probably going to do that. And like you can plug Chet into that role, and you can see how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Like you, I remember watching a lot of Oklahoma City last year and being like, I know what I'm going to get when I tune into an Oklahoma City game, and that's what I want for the Blazers. Is like just like no having an identity. And I think, I think Chauncey has I think very clear visions of what he, he says what he wants he wants a physical team he wants a fast team he wants an athletic team he wants a team that gets above the rim so if this team can actually do that and deliver on that then I feel a lot better about the Chauncey Cronin brain trust moving forward I feel much better about everything happening with the team if the team if they can actually put on the court what they talk about in theory yeah, and so I think that's really what the season is going to be about. Yeah, um, and then NBA wise, not to make any Blazer fans depressed about the lottery, but I'm so Wemby pilled. <laughs> I like how neither of us went anywhere near any kind of Scoot Rookie of the Year predictions because we watched the preseason and it's like if Wemby plays. And by the way, the the and 65- I watched his I watched him play in Europe too. Like the dude is he's it. <laughs> the the sixty five game limit for awards or the minimum for awards by the way, I checked on it does not apply to rookie of the year so Wemby could play like 50 games and still be the prohibitive favorite to win rookie of the year even Chet I don't think really has much of a shot even though he's looked awesome too I'm so Wemby pilled I am like I think the Spurs could be in the play-in I think Easily. they could make I think they could make the playoffs like I think I mean you look at Memphis they're struggling I think Golden State, like their injury situation is not great. Uh, Phoenix, like I think they'll be okay ultimately, but like they're not very deep. Like, it's like I, Denver and the Lakers are the two that I feel like pretty good about going into this. I season. feel good about Denver, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Kings, and the Thunder. Those five teams I feel pretty good about. I'm still in wait and see mode on the Timberwolves. I still don't know how the Towns Gobert thing is actually going to work for a full season. Like I know last year you kind of have to throw out some of it because Cat missed a lot of the season, but... I'm 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 still I'm still kind of wait and see on the Timberwolves, but they could be good, yeah. 
I, I, I have them as as one of my overs, but I think Oklahoma. I, I would actually put Oklahoma City over. I like the Oklahoma Tim- City too. Chad over, has looked oh, so good in preseason. And then, dude, like Wemby, like people didn't think that his team would be any good last year in the French League, and then they made the French League final, <laughs> and he was playing at, off the bench for a Euro League team that. Uh, for Tony Parker's Euroleague team that they like, they just like fired their coach. Like they're not good at all anymore. Like, like this guy is amazing. And like, I don't think that people really are like grasping how amazing he is. My biggest bet of the NBA season is him to average over 17 and a half points. Cause I feel like he's just going to walk to 20 points a game in the NBA. Cause a, he's taller than everyone and B the court is bigger and see guards i don't people don't know this cuz they don't they're not as much of a european basketball sicko as i am guards in europe don't pass they just don't they're all looking out for their stats because they're trying to get their next deal cuz everything is year to year there nobody is locked into their team so everyone's always fighting for their spot and i feel like the spurs are not going to let that happen they're going to be like you get this guy the ball and i think popovich tanked so that he didn't have to tank again. Like, and I, I don't think that, I think they're going to go for it. I think, I, I, I think the Spurs are going to be in the mix for the playoffs because I just think Wemby is that good. And this is also why I know a lot of Blazer fans are like, ah, but is he going to be that good if they get the number one pick? I was like, yes, he's that good. Dame was willing to stay because he's that good. He's- but I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Eric. I don't know if you know this, but other people that the Blazers have drafted, who have played the center position, have gotten injured. <laughs> right, of course. And that they're, they're four. They're four. Including the only championship that the franchise has ever won. <laughs> but, of course, you had to stay away from it. And it's like, you know, I, I hated that, man. That And like, and also people are just, like, doubting him because, A, he's European. And, like, and people just don't know what to do with a guy that looks like that. Did you, see, so, what the, did you see the video of what the Mavericks are doing to practice for him? Oh yeah, what is it with the, like the giant foam finger? Just like the, the the coach having the assistant coach, like as guys are shooting or going to the rim, they have like the extended things, like just to like try to recreate. Like this, I don't think people are ready for. And like I saw, I was I was sitting right, you know, courtside baseline for his second summer. He was he wasn't very good in his first summer league game. I didn't see that game because I was doing Blazer stuff. But it was also second, he, was, he was also coming off the Britney incident. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. remember so, that? Like, like I, do, I don't I even just, count that I've one. already put that out of my mind, but yeah, now I'm now remembering that. But like the the second Spurs summer league game was against the Blazers. It was supposed to be the Wemby Scoot game, but Scoot was hurt, so he didn't play. But I was sitting, you know, baseline courtside, so I saw it up close, and there was this one play where Wemby shoots a floater from outside the paint, misses it, and then quickly covers enough ground to go in over Ibu Baji, who's a big a shout out to Ibu Baji, by the way, just got waved. Oh yeah. And, you know, the, shout out to his family. But anyway, uh, who's a big guy, but he jumped, he Wemby like runs over, gets the rebound over him and dunks it. It's like, I don't think people are really ready for what this is going to look like. No, no. And, and like, and I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm so pilled. Like I've got, so I've got Wemby Those... o- over 17 and a half points. I've got the, the Spurs over, there's some extra plus odds bets on DraftKings for them to win 35 games that I'm all over. You're looking at Popovich all, Coach of the Year props, maybe. Pop, yeah, Popovich Coach of the Year, 22 to one. Go get it while it's hot. Like, I think Dagonel is probably going to win Coach of the Year if Oklahoma City wins the uh, makes the playoffs. I just feel yeah, like it's that. like I feel like that narrative is like it's like the Mike Brown thing. But if anybody could beat it out, I think it's a Popovich Renaissance with with Wemby here, I, I, I think is like a sneaky, you know, deep, deep, you know, odds bet. If you want to look for that. Is, I actually is, think is, as far as coach of the year stuff, I think there's a lot of, how has Eric Spolstra never won coach of the year stuff out there? <laughs> and if they're decent, like if they're like after, you know, they didn't get Dame, they lost, a, you know, all their, you know, a, a couple of their guys in, in free agency. If they're like outside the play in and actually in the playoffs, I think there might be some, we need to give Spolstra coach of the year because he's never won it and he's the best coach in the league stuff. 
Yeah, that that's a great shout. Like that he could absolutely get that narrative. And if they get some more guys that were cast offs from other teams, like if RJ Hampton has a game where he goes uh-huh. for 30 or like Cole Swider has a game where he hits like seven threes, like everyone's just going to be like, oh, Spo, like he yeah. culture, just like do it again. And like, and they, didn't, so they didn't even I, need Dame. No, they didn't. They didn't. Well, that's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. They don't need Dame. They don't need Beal. <laughs> that, that's what I. Although the Beal thing, they probably dodged a bullet. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, I, the ba- him him already sitting out with a back thing. That's I don't. I don't Phoenix love that. Phoenix I don't love under that. Phoenix under is 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 another bet I'm big on. Phoenix under. I'm just like not here for it. Like I just don't think the injuries with K, KD has missed like 25 games like each of the past couple of seasons. Uh, Beal misses a great deal of time, and Booker. Talk, Booker like talk. sneaky has had injury problems in them. He doesn't have like a one injury that's like a recurring thing, but he misses you know a number of games a year. Like that's it's like a sneaky thing with him. And they have no depth now. Like it's it's like their 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 bench is like Kate debates Diop. He's probably like they're like he's like their starting small forward. You're not buying the got... Nurkic Renaissance in uh, Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, I think he'll have some games for sure, and I think. I think his ability to pass will, you know, lend itself to some nice action with 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 their scorers, but defensively it's not I mean, they can run drop coverage if that's what they want to do, but they're not going to be able to mix up a lot of defensive coverages. I think he'll be okay. I just don't think he's he'll be passable, but I think a lot of his positive on-off numbers that he was on the Blazers. I think we're also a byproduct of the fact that the Blazers sucked. And so like, <laughs> it's easy. No center depth. They had no playing. center depth. So it's easy to have a positive on off number when the rest of your team is horrible. Man. You know, like, like, so I like he had positive on off splits, but like, I don't think that that's like an indication of what he's going to be with Phoenix. And I think both fan bases will, I guess this is, could have been a prediction. I think both fan bases We'll probably find some point of frustration with their centers at some point. Oh, I am fully prepared for at some point during the season Chauncey to decide that he he's going to bench Williams more than Aiton because Robert Williams has that dog in him, and that's going <laughs> to become a problem. And and no, I I, I definitely think there's going to be a I'm couple fully games expecting where expecting that to happen at some point where where Chauncey benches Aiton for like the last five minutes of a yeah, game. Yeah, and it, and it becomes a thing. I'm 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 prepared for that. Yeah, you you hope it you hope it doesn't, and you hope he gets enough shots where he doesn't care. But it's just it's kind of his pattern at this point in his career, and so you hope that it you know. But we'll see, we'll see. Maybe maybe Chauncey has the magic touch with him that that Monty Williams and Chris Paul did not. Well, he had um, it with Matisse Thybul. So over, yeah, maybe, comes over from Philly where he's in the do- in the Doc Rivers doghouse, and suddenly he's hitting open threes and feel talking yeah. about how he feels free. Maybe maybe that's. And I think that's that's the the X factor here is like how many of these guys like from new situations feel empowered. I think that's another X factor that we maybe we didn't talk about is like that's hard to measure. Mm-hmm. And but ultimately, I just think that their youth is going to be and 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 some of their limitations are going to be too much to overcome. And I don't think they're going to be in the play in mix. But I think they're going to be fun and hopefully you know they develop a style of play kind of like Oklahoma City the past couple of years and. Uh, but I think, I think the, 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 the fun team that was in the lottery. And I also think, honestly, I think Houston is going to be better than a lot of people think. Um, because Dylan Brooks, people love to hate on him, but he like, I think even more so than the email Yudoka thing is like Brooks just like brings a physicality and an intensity to your team that you can only be so bad. Like your floor is so much higher with a Dylan Brooks on your team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a big international basketball guy. His three pointer in FIBA looked amazing. And if he's hitting threes, that changes his ceiling. And I think that changes the ceiling for the Rockets. And I think another team that I think they're going to have a better chance to, they also spent a bajillion dollars in free agency. Like they got Fred Van Vliet. Like I think they're going to be. I think the West, pretty much everybody except for Portland, is going to be like in the play-in mix. This is like, what I'm saying about they don't have to try to tank. They can just play their guys and already lose enough games to get the kind of lottery pick they need to get. Yeah, because is- like 
Houston can't be Houston won't be as bad. San Antonio definitely won't be as bad. The only and other then, two teams in the league that I can look at and say, oh, these guys, these teams are gonna try to tank at some point. Washington and Detroit. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and I think there's probably a little bit of an appetite in Utah to to try and to to be okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they have all those draft picks from other teams. They don't they they did the 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 Boston model where like it, you can go for it and try to win and try to make the playoffs with that team. And they were a team that tanked last year at the end of the season. So they're going to be another one that is not doing that. So I think someone that we all think is going to make the playoffs or that the consensus thinks that has like a high over under, whether it's Minnes- Memphis or maybe Minnesota or, or Phoenix or Golden State even is going to suddenly find themselves on the outside of the playoff picture and everyone's gonna be like how the hell did that happen blazers have golden state's draft pick this year top four protected by the way that's one of the picks they got from the celtics and the drew trade which i think could be a better better pick than expected they were like 18 or 19 last year so like that pick could be middle of first round instead of late first round so that's yeah and they bear there they barely made the sixth seed last year. Like, I think people, like, uh, were so used to Golden State, but, like, you know, and if Clay isn't the same guy, you know, I think that's a big concern, and the Clay contract is mm-hmm. really hanging over their situation. Like, Draymond's already out with an injury. Draymond's already out with an injury. They had to trade Jordan Poole because of Draymond. Is that going to be a thing that everyone is resentful about once they see Chris Paul having to kind of fill that role? I just think that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff there. And so uh, I think there's a lot of questions, but I think Portland is not going to be in the mix this year, but I think they're going to be in a good position to to get a good draft pick because of how competitive the West is going to be. Yeah, so on that note, Eric, we will revisit these predictions in April, see how they land. And we will do this again. Probably, you know, we'll probably, you and I will probably do another check-in in maybe a few weeks, maybe a month into the season, something like that. Definitely. I'm down, I'm down to do a check-in after the first couple of weeks after we, we see if they have gotten any closer to establishing who they are. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you soon.